Hey everybody, so thanks for listening in. This is uh, Dan and we have our normal awesome co-hosts Blake and Randall. And on this wonderful episode of Moving a Beer, we're going to talk about this wine-based film called Uncorked, which came out last year, I believe. It was distributed last year, but it was made in 2019, I believe. Yeah, super recent. Very, very recent. Yeah, and it was Netflix, so it's independent or internet film, as we learned on IMDb's rating and (laughs) listing system. Mm -hmm. It has a big I next to it, which I think it means it's an internet, or it was released on the internet. means it's not good enough for an Oscar. Nope. (laughs) I don't know if this movie would get an Oscar, but it should get something. I thought it was near award worthy. Yeah. Of course, I've been watching a lot of Letterkenny, which I don't think has any awards either. So. Yeah, no. They, they, that's, <laughs> just, that's like a, a podcast gone awry. Figure it out. We uh, did a little different this time around. We had some friends over uh, socially distancing in my neighbor from the neighborhood that were hanging out in my living room for a few minutes. And we decided to, hey, let's watch a film. So put the screen up, put the projector up. And one of our friends who we've been wanting to watch a film and do the podcast with, uh, our wonderful friend Stan, was among us. And he knows a lot about beer and a lot about wine and a lot about French. And linguistics. And linguistics in general. So He had a lot to say. He had a lot to say during the (laughs) film. The rest of us, I think, while we were like, oh, dude, really? Oh, we, you know, we reacted like we would normally react during mm-hmm. a film. He was just correcting it the whole time. And that was kind of a, an interesting experience for all of us. I, I had not been around somebody like that in a very long time because we haven't been in theaters in forever. We haven't been in uh, theaters for a Marvel movie to which you could hear me say, all right, so in the, in the book comics, though, this guy's actually this dude. And they gender swapped yeah. it for Reese. But then, oh, so, oh, so, oh, so. Yeah. (laughs) This film is about a young African-American guy who I think a few years out of high school, maybe in his mid-20s, maybe even late 20s. That sounds about right. Like mid to late 20s, living in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Working at a barbecue joint. Well, yeah, his parents own this barbecue, really well-known barbecue joint. Mm. It's super busy all the time. And he's working another job because barbecue is not his passion. And this other job is working at this uh, liquor store where he's, I think it's a liquor store. Maybe it was just a wine store. It's kind of like a Whole Foods vibe. Is it? Yeah, I kind of had like a, he was the wine steward, but they had a guy who was over him who was teaching him how to do all the wine stuff. And he, Mm -hmm. and it gets into it later on in the film, why uh, he actually, his girlfriend at that time asked him, why are you so much into wine? And, And it's a really nice kind of tender you know, backstory, like we were out at dinner and the guy suggested some stuff and he asked why and he explained it. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Which is basically how he met his girlfriend. She was there and asked, and said, I, I need some wine. And he was like, well, what kind? And he related types of wine to hip hop artists. That that was really, really cool. And I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, that works. Uh, the only one I remember is Kanye. And I forget the wine he compared it to. I just kept thinking mean things about Kanye because he's kind of a crazy personality. Yeah. And I'd rather be hated for what I am than love for what I'm not. It was a good way to talk about wine by mm-hmm. making those analogies to the kind of music you like. Because wine is like that. There's uh, wine and music for every type of person out there. Mm-hmm. Dan, you have a big music collection. Yes, I do. And I, I that's why I really appreciated it from that perspective. Because mm-hmm. not only is it trying to reach a broader audience by like, hey, this is really incredibly well acted. It's got a huge cast of like really well-known actors in it. And they all put a lot of good effort into making the story believable. Yeah, it felt, it felt like I was just watching people live their lives. Yeah. It was really grounded and down to earth. 
Yeah, very much so. And and I would say that, you know, the guy's approach to talking about wine and he's got a boss who wants him to learn because he wants to learn. And that's the most awesome boss in the world. And he's like, well, why don't you become a sommelier? Why don't you, you know, he asked him about like becoming like this master class. And it's like, well, you didn't even, he just skipped over becoming a sommelier, which is the step you should do to become a master sommelier or sommelier or however you want to pronounce it, which we don't remember. Sommelier. Sommelier. I think this, I think it's sommelier. That's Samwise Gamgee. That's <laughs> exactly. That's the, uh, what, what's that? What do they call the Hobbit world? Shire. It's Shire. That's the Shire pronunciation. The Shire pronunciation. Yeah. So they're, they're, they explain it in the film and the film follows him as he goes through his studies. He, he passes the entrance exam. He doesn't understand how in depth it, it's going to be because he'd never done anything like this before. I don't think he'd gone to college because he really had no idea. Like, how do I study? Holy crap. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. But that's a really good point. Seemed to have a lot of trouble doing the whole memorization. Just the act of studying is really difficult. Yeah. If you've not done it in a long time or you're just not used to it at that level where there's an expectation that you're just going to do it and there's no second chances, you just have to do it. And if you don't do it, you don't pass. And if you don't pass, well, then it costs a lot of money and you have to come back the next year and take it again because it's proctored. Uh, they have both. And, and this and this is also true with wine and beer judging and having those titles because there's beer sommelier and there's beer judging titles where you do both a blind tasting as well as a written part of the exam. When he did his entrance exam, he did pretty well on the tasting, but he didn't do so well on the written. I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. That sounds right. And again, a lot of it is just memorization. But they were like getting into, hey, you have to be able to remember exactly what wine it is. You have to go, you have to run down the list where it came from, what it's like. You know how much tannin it is. You know, is it this sweet has a or not? smoky feel. This wine has a. Yeah. That was. Is that a normal thing in the sommelier tasting world? Where you say this wine is, this wine is over and over. Yeah, that's that's how you break down when you do beer judging. Like I said, you know, there's the five things that you talk about, and you do them in order. It's the exact same thing with wine. This beer is wet. This beer is getting me hammered. This beer is in a can. <laughs> this beer is. Did I say hammered? I'm I'm, pre- I'm getting pretty erect. Yeah. This beer is falls on ground. Yes. I think I really liked it. I, I I don't think I really liked it. I know I really liked the film. It was a good film. It was attractive to me because of the way they approached it. Mm-hmm. And they weren't trying to teach you about wine. You learned about wine because the guy was learning about wine, mm-hmm. which is a great method of getting the crowd or getting the audience involved and in being interested in the topic. I will say this movie, it went, you blink and you will miss huge swaths of their lives. <laughs> yeah, it's a very fast like, They covered a lot of life they, in an hour and 40 minutes? It was two hours. Two hours? Yeah, an hour and 40, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but they I think we were really saying, fast. I like, feel like someone was saying it should have been two hours. Yeah. They crammed a lot in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And but, of course, you know, it, there, it can't be a good film without somebody dying. So there's a tragedy in it. So that kind of oh, pulls yeah. everyone together. <laughs> I sort of I forgot mean, about that. That's a really horrible, you know, trope of Hollywood films, but it worked. Yeah, it worked. All the characters were, if not likable, at least stood out without being caricatures. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be... What's that Paul Giamatti, Thomas Hayden Church movie, Sideways? Yes. Mm. It's not Sideways. That's great. You're yeah. not going to have anyone yelling, I don't fucking love Marlowe! Yeah. Whatever yeah. he says. And, and the cool thing is, is so you have this... You know, he said that, you know, there's like 250 some master sommeliers on the planet at any point in time. Like, they don't let that many people in purposely. 
And so you, you have this kind of exclusivity. And some of the people he's studying with were like, oh, my dad paid for my entrance and I don't have to work and this and that. And the kid's like, I have to work part-time and full-time. And, and drain my savings. And drink all my savings up. because yeah, a par- It's a pyramid scheme. It is. It's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a bottle Anybody scheme. who makes that much money to recommend wine? Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. It well, totally if, they, if they let in more, there'd be uh, more exactly. Maliers. Exactly. More right? Maliers, not Scarcity some. Some Maliers. Not some. There'd be more <laughs> Maliers. We'll have to ask. Lots of Maliers. <laughs> we'll have to ask our friend Stan about that. Is it If they let more people into the program, is it a more Malier? I don't want him to stare at me the way he does when we do a bad Western accent. I don't. I can't handle it. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> it is great. All right. So, Randall, do you have any official breakdown on this film that mm. you want to share with us? I, thought, I, I liked it, but it, it moved too fast. Uh, like a wine, mm-hmm. I wanted to savor some yeah. of the more subtle notes of the characters and the right relationships. On. I think it's great to see, you know, uh, a film that was entirely pretty much, you know, POCs, you know, film directed by a person of color and... Yeah. Uh, talking about an amazing uh, subject, which yeah. is wine. And, and like I said, some really, really well-known and established actors mm-hmm. that really treated the subject well. And they yeah. were very, you know, like authentic, like you said, very authentic. They paid a lot of attention to the food and drink. I recommend this to my parents. And they told me the next day without thinking, mom just pulled ribs out of the freezer to defrost. They weren't planning to eat them before. <laughs> <laughs> they just saw the movie and thought, hey, hey we want ribs now. We have ribs. Yeah. Want ribs. Who, do, who wants ribs? All the time. I, I the did time. get a barbecue sandwich the next day. Yeah. I'd, mm. get, I'd get some chop. The McRib is back, guys. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> mm, rib bush. <laughs> That's the same thing. The really kind of interesting thing is, is so the guy has a sister. The sister's not involved in it. She's like a nurse or a CNA or something. And it's funny because she cooks food and has to come get food for lunch for her kids from the rib joint. And the brother, he just, the main character just rips on her because he's like, you grew up in a damn rib joint. You can't cook food for squat. And she's like, believe that. I don't need to. This is the most unbelievable part of this film. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Well, she made, you know, there during the funeral or as part of the funeral, I'm not going to give away who dies, but she makes uh, monkey bread and it turned out actually pretty good. If you know what monkey bread is, I've what only is had it once. Bread? You'll it? have to look it up. Oh, it's man. it's okay. kind of I think it's got bananas in it. That's why they call first it. First, you have bread. to work the monkey into a, a fine into dough. a fine dough. <laughs> Make sure you get all the fur off first. Oh no no no! You, it's like potato skins. When you mash them, you just leave it on there. Oh geez, <laughs> here we go. Gross. Let's talk about the beer. Yeah. So uh, before we hop over to that, um, Blake, you had mentioned, and I'm going to call you out on that. You said that your parents watched this film. What did they have to say about this? When they queued it up on Netflix, and this is all secondhand from my mother, who is pretty reliable with her storytelling, better than my dad. She saw that it had the drama tag and went, no, no, I don't want to watch a drama. I don't want to watch anything sad. I don't want sad stuff. But she wound up loving it. It's not, I mean, this will have some, you know, high points, low points, like any good film does. You're not going to be sobbing the entire time, and then movie credits, tears stained. And yeah, 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 totally. It's, it's much more uplifting and fun journey to follow this kid on. Yeah. Thank you for that information. I, and tell your parents you that are welcome. they did a really good job in giving you good information about the film. And ribs. And ribs. We watched this film on a, on a Wednesday when we normally do some tasting and some sampling of beers. We had a bunch of different weird beers, and I was like, let's watch this film about tasting wine, and we'll do the beer tasting and kind of like everybody have a little bit of something different. And so out of 
I think we opened six beers. I didn't even get all, there might've been even more than that opened up. Everyone kind of went to the fridge and grabbed whatever they wanted. We'd open a bottle and put it out and people could taste it and sample it if they wanted. Yeah. I ended up focusing a little bit on Belgian beers uh, simply because that would be to me the most delicate of beers. You're, you're going to have a lot of nuance with the fruit, which is, hey, we're watching a movie about wine tasting, which is a lot about fruit. Hey. Wait, really, it's more about the nuance of a delicious barbecue stack of meat. It is, actually. You're cutting that meat wrong. Mm. Barbecue. All right. Cool. Do we have a commercial before we jump into the beers? I think we do. Uh, the newest product from Blake Co. Industries, rib wine, the finest wine made from the finest ribs. Com- uh, coming only from the uh, barbecue central area of uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and Nashville, also Tennessee. What they do is they'll take the most cooked meat off the bone ribs, remo- delicately remove the bones, put all the meat in a big wooden bucket, and stomp the hell out of it. Mm. Good night. There's no grapes in this. Don't worry. For anyone who uh, doesn't want any sissy grapes in your wine, rib wine's all meat. All meat, all the time. Keep, keep an eye out for... Uh, you can tell by the floating chunks of pork in the uh, in the, the red wine bottle. Nice. Keep an eye out ne- for next year's uh, Flamin' Hot red wine. Red, red wine. Yeah, we, we couldn't get the rest of that song. They were really upset with us. Yeah. Our lawyers at Blake Industries are doing a lot of work right now. It's a battlefield. Yeah. Rib wine. Or, or meat shake, as we were looking up on the internet as yeah. you were talking. Uh, <laughs> like what show shake? is the meat shake from? Well, they have to, so they, well, it was Meat Wad from Aquatine Hunger Force. And then the, the meat shake, so so the dude on Preacher has a little teeny hole for a mouth, and they have to ah, yes. blend everything he Arse eats. mouth. Yes, arse mouth. All right, well, thank you for uh, hanging out with us, and we're going to continue on with our movie and beer episode talking about this cool film called Uncorked, and then we're going to... Well, you know, we're going to jump right into talking about some beers that we tried. So, really good film. I think everybody enjoyed it. As I mentioned previously, we had uh, a normal Wednesday crowd hanging out, socially distancing with masks in my living room, and we had a bunch of beers to try. We, I have notes on four beers that I tried, but I did mention that we had other ones, and I believe you guys have uh, some information on some of the other beers as well that you might have tried. I wanted to focus on doing Belgian beers. So I had a couple of really big, tall, giant, like wine size bottles of Belgian beer, and then a couple of smaller ones. Interesting enough, the smaller ones tasted better than the big bottle ones, which, you know. Interesting. I, know. I like the smaller bottles. So I started out, I started out with Cherry Schuf, Schuf, C H O U F F E. So it is a cherry, which you would just call a regular, like, Belgian blonde ale that like turned into a kettle sour because they dumped a bunch of fruit in it, but it was actually tasted kind of whiny and kind of sweet. It was that little oh, it bottle. was it was complaining a lot. Yeah, it I tasted, don't want to get drank. It tasted a lot like cherries, and as somebody who doesn't like cherries, Blake, I think you probably did not like it. Blake does not like cherries. Yeah, but stop sending really me nice. cherries. It was it was a good beer. I mean, I I really can't complain. Randall, did you have a chance to try that one? Was that the very sweet one? Yeah, that was the super duper little sweet cherry bottle. Yeah, thingy. that was really sweet. Which is cool. Um, I I did really really enjoy it, and and it was like an eight um, percent. It was just mar- maraschino, maraschiano. I think we had like, a discussion about that word, and I stayed out of it because I've never said it out loud. Yeah, well, I ever read it. So it, it had that kind of sweet cherry flavor, like cherry pie filling, and it oh, kind of yeah. coated the tongue a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I broke that up with, um, did you guys want to talk about any of the first beers you tried? I'm pulling up some info on my matchless beer from Tumwater, Washington that I had that I thought was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't my favorite. Was it a pale ale or an IPA? It was IPA a IPA. Yep. Hazy. Um, orange can. I'm looking it up. Blake, go. You got a beer. I do. I'm not going to have any information on any of these because that's just not my brand. But I did take a picture because Dan made me of the Block 15 uh, Raspberry Cardinal Coalescence. Yes. Coalesce. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Coalescence. It is a Flanders style red ale with raspberries. Shocker, raspberries. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's in the title or anything. I apparently noted that I like this one the best. I, all I wrote was, was the best. And then like a 90 page script about Spider Man 9. I don't know what's up with that, but. Yeah. No, that, that one was, I think, more tart, right? Very, very tart. I, I do like a tart beer. Very effervescent. It like blew up on the tongue and it, it was like dry sweet tart kind of like really hard hit but then it kind of dropped it the thing is is like it's, it didn't really reflect the flanders red style it might have been a flanders red base but they put so many cherries in it that it turned into a sour you know fruited beer which oakley is ugly you know that's okay so <laughs> belgian style but made in corvallis oregon block 15 they do really nice big giant beers and mm-hmm. that one was only 5.3 percent which is kind of odd but you know it happens i had work the next day i couldn't go crazy yeah you were you were a good boy you 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 <laughs> were really nice about that nice job i found it it's the matchless made the ipa oh. from from New England, or is it just a New England IPA? New England style. New England style. Hazy, okay. usually. Yeah, it's kind of hazy. 6.4%. Uh, not too strong. Um, what if orange soda was beer? Comet leads the dry hop and brings out huge tangerine notes to go with the orange and citrusy Chinook and tropical citra. Beautiful orange color comes through thanks to the best malts, Pilsen. And Skagit Valley Vienna malts and flaked oats give that it give it a juicy body. All of this culminates together for one big orange and tangerine hop treat. That's amazing that Randall just had all that, that off the top of his head. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty amazing. Amazing. So, so I can tell you that you know they use Pilsen malt, good. which is traditionally a drier, thinner bodied, and then they use oak flake which is going to give it chew. So they're flaked trying to have slate oats. They're going to, they're going to push a front kind of thin and then the back is going to have a little body. Hmm. That's the point oh. of using two different style of malts like that. Interesting. Which, you know, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it was really it interesting. Was okay. but you know, I mean, there's so many of those kinds of beers out just, right now. It's, it's like, really hard it's to like, yeah, it wasn't, it didn't stand out. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't bad. Yeah. 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 So the next one I want to mention is uh, Duchess Chocolate Cherry. So this was good. another red flander sour done by an actual brewery in Belgium. And it was a teeny weeny little 10 ounce bottle. I swear. Oh, yeah, it was such one. a small little bottle. It was like a little condiment bottle. And we only <laughs> got to drink like a teeny little ounce of it. But it was really interesting. Unfortunately, uh, so this was based off of the traditional Duchess de Bourgogne. Bourgogon, as our friend Stan told us how to pronounce it. Um, the cherries and the chocolate are added post-fermentation, and it sits in these froders, froders, froders. They're ocas. A lot of weird use. words this episode, of, guys. A <laughs> lot, of, lot of Belgian words here, or, and French words. They use a ton of cherries, and they use Belgian dry chocolate, uh, not solid chocolate. They powdered, mm-hmm. I think. I think that's what it said on the website. But anyway, it says chocolate essence. 
And and so when you say chocolate essence, I am not 100% sure what that means. It, it comes in a tiny crystal bottle, and they dri- put one teeny drip. Drip. The essence of chocolate. Essence. And it, it's like 6.8%, and, and like this and the other one, like zero IBU, like no bitterness at all. Just a traditional, this one had more of the traditional Flanders style flavor profile with a little funk on the yeast. Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen during the fermentation process. And then they dump all this fruit. And the fruit and the funk just buried the chocolate. I, Stan even mentioned as we were trying it that he didn't get any chocolate at all on it. it he's like, it should have more chocolate. But it didn't. And I that's okay. It. it was so good. It was really quite nice. I like how the two you've named, Dan, are really similar to just straight up wines. And that was the point. I was, I was looking for properly thematic winey oriented stuff. But yeah, so the, the Cardinal... Coalescence, the Cherry Schoof, and the Duchess, the three, all based on what you would call a Flanders red beer, but all completely different flavors. So again, you can have a style of wine. Mm-hmm. It depends on what else they add to it. It depends on how it's treated. If it's in a box or not. So again, if it's in a box or not is correct because bottled and now they're canning wine. I don't know if you've seen those at grocery stores. You oh, I've get, seen those. It's like, oh, I should get one of those just to give to Stan, just to and not tell him it's wine and let him open it and try it and be like, what? The, what? <laughs> That'd he'd be love, fun. He'd love it. He'd he'd be a little upset, I'm sure. But <clears throat> I rounded rounded out my beer experience. You guys have any other ones to talk about, or or were those good? Those are the only ones I had. Okay. I wrote down Gigantic the Deep Imperial Oatmeal Stout, because I do like Gigantic as a brewery, and I love oatmeal stouts. You and Deb tried that one. I think I liked it. I don't remember trying that one. Typically, if I don't have a vivid memory, that means I didn't hate it, but I didn't fall in love with it. Correct. So it's, it's in the range of, yeah, I'd have that again. Yeah. While you were doing that, I ran out of the Red Flanders and I moved over. We had some really big stouts, including that one that that our friend Deb had brought. The stout that I wanted to mention that I opened up was called What the French, and it was kind of a sacré bleu. It was a a kind of a breakfast stout, is how I would gear it because it had so much of the kind of syrupy maple vibe going Mm. on. And I'm hit or miss on mapley beers. I've had them before. Yeah, they're either too sweet or. Sweet. And this one, yeah. so mm-hmm. so the thing was, this was like a nine and a half percent gigantic from the brewing project. Nine and a half percent, big, thick. It tastes like I'm sleeping in tomorrow. <laughs> it's it was a bunch of cinnamon on the nose, just bread, solid like French toasty vibe. It was actually really kind of interesting. I liked it. It had a, like the back end had a lot of roast chocolate with like molasses and. It actually had kind of, and I, I saw this on some of the reviews that I read about it, um, like Coca-Cola almost. It, it had kind of that kind mm-hmm. of effervescent acid kind of, like it's going to oh. coat the back of the, the tongue. When you take a big swig of soda, you're going to get that tongue coat on the back a little bit. Right, right. And this one did that. It, it was just heavy and thick and lovely. Interesting. Um, like fudge. I liked it because it reminded me of fudge. And it didn't have that much coffee flavor, which I'm not a huge coffee flavor fan of my beer. Yeah, nobody's world. perfect, Dan. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. So, yeah, tried a bunch of different beers. I think we all learned to enjoy the beers as he was learning to enjoy the wine. Mm. Actually, he didn't even really mention what his favorite he wines were. No, he, yeah. I, I, I want to subscribe to the idea that he is of the same mind of, as Dan is, where... If you ask him what his favorite beer is, Dan will tell you the one in front of me. Exactly. And I feel like he would have the same attitude towards wine. Yep. 
mean, you can't exactly. listen to Kanye West all the time. You got to change it up with some Jay Z once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I love the name of this wine, Mommy's Timeout. Yeah, that's a really nice wine. We're, he was looking Pinot at Grige. funny, funny wine names and labels and stuff because we we were going to also attempt to do our movie keyword beer name game game and we discovered that imdb is a little behind the curve and they only have one keyword listed which and is which is dream dream <sighs> which would be a good name for a beer yeah dream. but maybe not loved all the beers we tried well not loved i mean they were all really interesting <laughs> beers i think it's an auto- automatic like we yeah, liked everything yeah we didn't well not i was just watching the movie on that projector yeah it's I nice right it's nice i like you know there's something about projecting a movie versus watching it on a screen yeah mm-hmm. feels very different and i miss that yeah we were trying to to get our like movie theater experience and yes even having the the annoying crowd person that wants to talk during the whole film <laughs> well, made it realistic that was a trade-off because dan wouldn't let me spill soda all over the floor and oh. sprinkle old popcorn like a real movie theater experience. yeah 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 well you worked at a movie theater once so that's why you, i know what i'm know, doing you know that import some screaming children yes some teens with pot smoking in there you know the yeah. full experience yeah, no, not in my new living room. Theaters are wilding out, man. Yeah. I, I want to thank you all for listening. Um, do we have any last words of advice about this movie or these beers that stands out that we want to share with the crowd? Don't drink wine. Drink beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> except except for Blake, Blake Co. Industries rib wine coming right. to oh, us yeah, from yeah, Marketing yeah, 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 That one's yeah, fine. It's basically the, beer. The, the rib wine. <laughs> due, to uh, legal, due to legal reasons, we can't legally call it wine. <laughs> because it doesn't have alcohol in it. But that's all right. Yeah, somehow there's enough meat to give you the meat sweats, which is vaguely yeah. alcoholic. It's a whole thing. Again, yeah, the lawyers are dealing with it. All right. Yeah, well, this is a pretty much any light beer, like calm, not overblown beer would go with this movie. If you got someone special in your life, you can be near safely during COVID. Excellent date movie. It is a good date movie. I agree. Yeah. I would say also, though, if you, if you want to explore delicate beers, the Belgian... Yeah, not heavy Belgians, not the super funky Belgians, but Belgian beers. I think give you that same kind of. You can talk about them in a similar way that you would talk about wine versus like an IPA. Oh, it's bitter. And what kind of bitter? I don't know. It's bitter. Uh, it's like a foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I really enjoyed it. I I think we have a lot of um, room for improvement though when we we come about our next film. This one was fun. I'm glad we had an opportunity to watch it with our friends. But we have some interesting, fun movies that are coming out in the near future that we'll be exploring. Or even TV shows. Maybe Mm. we can do some more shows. Oh, yeah. Which we watch. We can can splurge and... Community. Community. (laughs) What about the Ted Lasso? Was it Ted Lasso? Yeah, Ted Lasso. I've actually heard it's pretty good. Yeah. It's amazing. Like crazy American, I love BPL. So I'm like, I'm like, let's watch some Premier League soccer and this crazy American get made fun of the whole time. That'd be cool. (laughs) Let's do it. As always... The opinions expressed during the taping of this podcast are those of the hosts, and I definitely want to say thank you so much for hanging in there and listening to our episode. And so this is Dan Kapersky signing off, and we have... This is Blake Hunt signing off. This is Randall. Make sure to like and subscribe. Awesome. Check us out on social media. We're out there. You'll find us. Just look at movieandabeer.com, and you'll find us. Thanks, everyone.